You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host, and let's discuss the 2022 TCU signing class. Early signing period over. There's still another signing day in February, and TCU will try to do some work on the recruiting trail in the next few months to solidify this class even more. But they got nine guys signed on Wednesday, and I talked with Josh Neighbors yesterday, and that was mainly about the Big 12 in general, what Texas is doing, what some other Big 12 teams are doing. But let's dial down specifically on what the Frogs did. So as far as guys that you felt really good about officially getting it done and signing the paper, um, the the two players out of Garland, four-star wide receiver Jordan Hudson and then four-star safety Chance Biddle, two super talented dudes. Jordan Hudson was at one time an Oklahoma commit. Um, Sonny Dykes said he thought he was the best wide receiver in the state of Texas that he's seen, you know, the past couple of years. And, of course, some of that is Sonny Dykes hyping up his guy. Um, but this dude's a legitimate stud. Like, he, I think he's going to fit in really well. I think he can come in and play almost immediately. He's long. He's athletic. He's fast. He can go up and high point the football. Um, it's another weapon to have in this offense, which will be huge. Uh, also, Chance Biddle, the four-star safety, heavy hitter, good guy in coverage. Uh, TCU was heavily involved in his recruitment when Gary Patterson was still on, you know, the head coach, and they still had the, the same staff they had in the past. Uh, he ended up picking SMU. There was some drama surrounding that. But he ends up at TCU after the coaching change, and he'll be in Fort Worth. So I think both those guys are exciting names to know. Um, they're going to be good. They're going to be good players, and they are the highest-rated players so far in this class. A surprise on signing day, or at least a guy they didn't have in the fold before Wednesday rolled around, was Quentin Harris. Quentin is an offensive lineman, a three-star offensive lineman, and he, again, was a one-time SMU commit. He's from Arlington Seguin High School, three-star player, six foot seven, 285 pounds, so a good frame. He played tackle in high school. I imagine he'll probably stay on the outside in college. Uh, this is a dude that you can come in and develop, and they need O-linemen. Um, I don't expect Quentin to play right away, but they need more O-linemen in this class. You, you hope when February rolls around, you have a couple more high school offensive linemen that can potentially be in the program for three to four years because you need those developmental pieces up front. And Quentin Harris is one of those guys uh, that they went and got. And really, he's the only offensive lineman in this class right now, so it'll be important to see what he does moving forward. Josh Hoover, quarterback out of Rockwall Heath. Uh, If you've followed high school football in the last few years in Texas, Rockwall Heath scores at a pretty amazing clip. They have a really good offense. Jay Fair is a great wide receiver. Uh, They have a couple other wide receivers who put up huge numbers. And Hoover was the dude back there making things happen. Um, He was a three-star quarterback. He was originally committed to Indiana. TC was able to get him in the fold earlier this month. I'm excited to see sort of what happens when he hits campus. I don't think he's a threat to play immediately or anything like that, but he's an interesting prospect. He's smart. Um, He commanded that offense really well at Rockwell Heath, and I I think that's just a dude that has a lot of potential. So excited to see what he can do. Major Everhart running back out of Amarillo, Tassosa. They held off Texas Tech for him. 
Major is really fast. He's 5'11", 170. He's electric. He's explosive. He was a track star in high school as well. And Texas Tech, being out there in West Texas, and really Texas Tech doing this with just about everybody. I mean, they hit the recruiting trail hard ever since Joe McGuire was, was hired. They were making a push for him. But TCU able to hold on to him, which was big. Uh, he's in the same mold as a lot of other kind of shifty, explosive guys that they've had before, like uh, Sky Dawson, like Cavante Turpin, like uh, Darius Davis. I think Major sort of fits that uh, description. And Sonny Dyke said in the press conference on Wednesday that they expect him to play slot wide receiver, so he's not going to be a running back. He'll be in that slot spot, kind of like Darius was and Tay Barber has been in the past. So I think there's a lot of uh, opportunities for him to get the ball. Uh, Dominic Williams. There was a lot of drama surrounding this. He was a Cal commit, and then it looked like TCU might get him, and then they wouldn't get him. But then on signing day, he decided to sign with TCU. So he's from California, and he's huge. 6'2", 325. This is the type of body type. This is the type of size you want in the middle of that 335 defense. They were able to get him on board. This is big. In my mind, this is the biggest part of the class. You know, once you get past Hudson and Biddle, the, the four-star talents, just because he fits a need, he comes in and he sort of fits what this defense needs to do immediately. So I like that pickup as well. Um, Paul Owale, he's a defensive lineman out of Langham Creek, 6'4", 250. Uh, this seems like a evaluation and development type situation where like he's not the highest rated kid in the class but TCU liked what they saw from him they liked what he could do they liked his frame so they went ahead and took a chance on him um, so excited to see what he can do coming off the edge another defensive lineman from the state of Texas Michael Abunku Okoye uh, he's from Rowlett 6'5 234 um, another player off the edge you can make things happen another SMU commit that was obviously a theme bringing um, kids over from Dallas since the staff had already been on those guys. And finally, of the players that signed on Wednesday, Kyron Chambers, a defensive back, a corner, who was at one time committed to Arizona. TC was able to get him flipped, get him signed. Um, Six foot tall, 195. He's from Oak Cliff. He's going to play for a state title later this week. Good ball skills, physical uh, I, I like what he can bring to the table at the corner position. Another player from the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex that they got to stay home. That's been a point of emphasis, and they got it done. As far as guys that did not sign on Wednesday, but there's still some chances there. A.J. Allen, uh, who is still technically committed to TCU, running back out of Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, TCU has been on him for a long time. He's been committed for a long time. He is getting heavy interest from Mississippi State. He decided not to sign on Wednesday. I don't think that's a great sign for TCU, but the good news is at least he didn't sign with Mississippi State, so you still have some time to maybe convince him, hey, let's get this done. Let's get you back in the fold. We'll see what happens there. Also, DJ Allen, four-star wide receiver from Gladewater, um, who was a one-time TCU commit. He is not signed yet. He's going to go on a couple more visits, it sounds like. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But I'm not as, I think DJ Allen would be a great addition to this class with – Hudson, you know, getting inked, I'm not as worried about it. Um, but if he wants to come, come on. Like, he'd be great as well. A couple guys he missed on or just didn't win the battle, Justin Medlock, a linebacker out of Manville, he ended up signing with Utah. Um, and there were a couple other players on signing day that they thought they might be able to, to get 
in the fold that they couldn't. But I think overall this class is pretty quality. You know, Sonny Dyke said in his press conference, well, let's let's save that for the next segment, actually. Let's take a break. We'll save that for the next segment because it kind of ties into what we're going to talk about in segment two. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. Okay, so a relatively small class, but the quality of this class is really good. If you look at the composite ranking, which, so 247, what they do is they rank classes, and obviously if you have a big class, you're going to get more points because all these, you know, young men count for, for points. So you can sign a lot of, you know, three-star talents and load up your class with that, and that's not a bad thing. Your ranking might end up being higher than other teams that have smaller classes. So anyway, TCO is a small class. Sonny Dykes said in his press conference Wednesday that they had the opportunity to go sign like 22 to 25 guys, and they instead were pretty deliberate about their evaluation. They were pretty deliberate about, you know, who they ended up offering and who they ended up signing. Now, my pal Josh Neighbors thought that was sort of like a, a thing you say when you have a small recruiting class, and he didn't really mean that. Um, I, I'm a little more trusting of Sonny on this. I think there's something to it. Now, do I feel like they still missed on some guys that they really wanted? Yes, I do. I think they probably would have ended up with 15 or 16 if they could have flipped some other players. But I also realize that what they did at SMU was rely heavily on the transfer portal. And with a transition class like this, they might use that strategy at least for this recruiting cycle, right? Um, So I think there was some truth to what Sonny said. Now, does that mean, you know, they got everybody they wanted? No. I think there were some players that were out there that they couldn't lock up for whatever reason. And that also contributed to the class being smaller. But if you look at just the individual rankings of the players, so if you took out, like, how many people are in this class and you just look at the players themselves and who they got, TCU actually ranked third in that average kind of composite ranking for the players that they signed. So it means they're getting quality guys. Like, they're not reaching. They're getting quality players. You'd just like to see more of them. Now, another thing that Sonny Dyke said that everybody sort of ran with uh, – Wednesday, and for good reason, because it's super intriguing. He said that they're going to look for as many as 20 players in the transfer portal. 20. Now, they already have one, Terrence Cooks from Texas, linebacker who was originally from Shadow Creek High School, former four-star talent. But he thinks you could add 19 more in the coming months, which would be a pretty massive roster overhaul. Now, I think part of that is him accounting for the fact that they're most likely going to lose some more people. You know, they've already lost a few folks. Earl Barquette, Zach Evans in the portal. There's others. But you could also you could lose some more key pieces because just, you know, off-season, spring ball, dudes realize, you know what, I'm not feeling it. Maybe this new staff doesn't uh, think, of high, think as highly of me as the old one did. Maybe I'm just not a good personality fit anymore, whatever the case may be. Maybe I want to go closer to home. Whatever it is, just guys will just leave. It's just sort of the attrition of college football now. But 20 players is pretty significant. And he said it was going to be like corner, defensive linemen. I'm sure they'll look at quarterbacks as well, O-linemen, which is big. I mean, you're going to need immediate transfers that can make an impact on the O-line, I think. Abana Ezzi is going to leave for the NFL. Um, And this O-line has just been terribly inconsistent lately. Now, Baylor, they hit the portal for 
transfer offensive lineman. It worked out really well for them. They went and got Jacob Gall from Buffalo, a guard. They got Grant Miller from Vandy, a center. And they also added Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos, two really good offensive line-focused coaches. And their O-line went from, like, worst to first. It was amazing, the transformation they made. So I think that's a position group that if you can get talent in there and get everybody on the same page, it can be a pretty quick fix, at least in the immediate. Long-term, you're still going to need to get guys in the, the on campus that you can develop and get ready to rock. But I think there's a good opportunity for some players to come in and start right away, especially on both sides of the ball on the line, the offensive and defensive line, right? 20 is a lot of players, but I think what this also speaks to is they want to be good right away. Like, I, I don't get the sense that Sonny Dykes and the staff, and I'm not saying anybody wants to necessarily, but some coaches come in and they really just try to, like, strip the thing down. They, they realize, like, we're basically punting on being successful this year. We know we're not going to be very good. We know we're going to end up with a record of, like, 2-10 and 10 or 1-11, and 3-9. and nine. Like, we just – we understand that it's going to be a rough season, but we have to install a culture. We have to overhaul this roster. But I think this type of roster overhaul that Sonny's talking about is more of a, hey, we have some talent here. We need to fill some holes. We need to get – we need to hit the ground running right away. Which I'd be fine with. I don't. We sat through four years of mediocrity. I'd like to see some improvement. You don't have to go ten and two next year. I'd take it. Hey, that's that's what you want to do. Fantastic. That's what you can do. But I'd like to see you know some some improvement, right? So up to twenty players potentially in the transfer portal. You know, TCU basketball did this. They overhauled their entire roster, and we'll see what happens with the frogs on the hard court. But it looks better. A couple notes on the basketball front. Men's basketball, they take on Georgetown on the road tomorrow. Excited to see what this, how this team responds in a true road environment. Last non-conference game before conference play starts. A chance to finish strong and only have one loss through the non-conference slate. Also, the TCU women, they're canceling their next few games because of COVID-19 outbreak, which is unfortunate. hope everybody's healthy. hope everybody's okay. hope the symptoms are mild. But uh, it's going around again, man. We're seeing these cancellations. We're seeing these postponements. Because COVID-19, pretty crazy. Obviously, like everyone else was really hoping we were over that, but, you know, still popping up. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs. We'll be back Monday. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in through a busy week of recruiting, and I will talk to you after the weekend.